It's time for the spring sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores. Capital Mazda, Stevens Creek Mazda, Concord Mazda, and Team Mazda. Hey, it's Shondell Grand. And right now we've got a huge selection of brand new Mazdas with exciting spring incentives across our entire lineup. Plus, you can buy your new Mazda completely online with our exclusive no-brainer checkout. Don't miss the spring sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores in San Jose, Concord, and Vallejo. Listening to the San Jose Sharks Morning Tide, brought to you by Coors Light. Logan Couture wins it in overtime. Now, here's your host, Ted Rainey. Here they come out to center. Long lead pass. It's a breakaway for O'Connor. Short-handed. He scores. Logan O'Connor went to the backhand and went up top on Aiden Hill, and that's a disastrous shorthanded goal against for Sharks Hockey. It's Colorado 4, San Jose 1. I think, uh, you know, Burns got a little unlucky with the uh, delay of game. But, uh, you know, and then you start putting your big boys out there, you're killing penalties, and you lose the flow of your game, and we can never get it back. Um, once they scored the third goal, um, you know, I was, still, I was still comfortable at 2-1. We, we, you know, we killed four of the five off, I think, at that point in time. And, uh, you know, we come down, we mishandled puck three or four different times on their third goal, back of our net. And then, uh, then we just started playing, thing, you know, doing things that were uncharacteristic. So, um, you know, and, and there were some guys that looked like they hadn't played in a long time. All right. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Morning Tide. I think that once again for the San Jose Sharks, we have entered a period where it is a relative gut check time. And I, and I don't mean to overlook what the team has done up to this point of the season because you start off on a roll, you're playing pretty well, you go three and two on the road, then you've got things on everything interrupted by the COVID situation. And of course, that's that's totally legit. However, you're now at a point where you're deep into the season and you had guys come back from the COVID list and they did not look as good as their call-ups and the people that replace them. And I know that that's obviously because these guys are getting their legs back and getting their lungs back after dealing with COVID. But the fact of the matter is you're now 7-6-1 and one on the year and you're losing more than you're winning as of late. And it's really that early 4-0 and start that has you over 500 on the year. Now, again, I'm not overlooking what they were able to do nor the impact of that COVID situation, but I think that there needs to be an acknowledgement across the board of, okay, we have to grind like those younger and less experienced players did every single game that they were in. I mean, that was the one thing that I really gave credit to with those younger players is they would grind and grind and grind and grind. And last night's game was only the second time of the year where it felt like the Sharks were Really, really beat up upon. And, you know, we go back to that game against Montreal, the second time the Sharks played them. You know, Colorado, this is a team that obviously they were not 100% at full strength, not having Nate McKinnon out there, but they also had a lot of good players. And I don't try and take anything away from them in terms of being one of the, you know, better and elite teams in the league. However, I was expecting a better effort from the Sharks than that that we saw last night, although I was concerned heading into it that they were going to get gassed and they weren't going to have their legs. And, you know, I, I had wondered all along if they were going to look at some of these guys and 
slowly work them in and kind of do it one at a time or two at a time as opposed to bringing them all up automatically. And I think that we saw a Sharks team last night that looked like they were a little bit without their lungs, that looked like they were a little bit without their legs. I think that early on in the game, I thought the guys looked pretty fresh, but then as you got later and later, you saw the fatigue setting in. You saw them not looking as comfortable and as conditioned out there on the ice. And it's something that you hope goes away pretty quickly. I think that for the Sharks, they're going to have to look at this and say, okay, is it the shorter shifts? Was this a one-off game? Was it also because it was at elevation? I think that's another instance where you have to say, you know, how much of their lack of overall conditioning was impacted by the fact that it was played at altitude as they're coming back from a disease which is known to affect your, um, you know, lung capacity and your cardiovascular function. These are all factors that we look at last night, and I'm not trying to ignore any of them. But I do think it is worth noting that the team did not show the same grit and grind that we saw over those six games when they were relying on less experienced and younger players. Because we've heard that from head coach Bob Bugner all year. We've heard it overall his tenure as head coach of the Sharks. He talks about the grit. He talks about the sandpaper. He talks about just the need to play a simplified, conservative, hardworking game where you go in and you do the dirty work and you keep yourself in the game and you don't let it get away. And if you stick to those principles, you are going to keep yourself in the game and you are going to have the ability to keep it close and get back into a game and work hard and be kind of an annoying, pesky team for the opposition that doesn't want to deal with that kind of effort. And that, to me, it's going to be it's going to be something that you need to get through to a lot of these veteran players who are expecting to come back in and now just kind of get right back to where they were because they, you know, they, they were out for a long time. That does not, you know, you've only played 14 games this year and for six of them, you were without most of your regulars or a good deal of your regulars, I should say. So again, these are all, these are all factors that we're looking at right now. And again, I, I, I recognize everything that happened last night and I understand that you had guys coming back and had elevation, but at the same time, there was something rather refreshing about the grit that the Sharks showed over those six games compared to the last couple of years of Sharks hockey that we've seen because it just seems like the Sharks of the last couple of years are waiting for something to happen or have an expectation for something to happen and don't always know how to respond when that doesn't happen. The Sharks that we saw over the past six games, it was a little bit like, they were going to make something happen and make something happen and make something happen. And it was this over and over and over mentality that we saw that, you know, I, I appreciate it. And that's not that the Sharks that we have seen haven't had that hard work. Because I thought there have been, you know, more times than not, there have been the hardworking team. But there was almost, there was a different type of urgency. And that may have been for a multitude of factors. Guys trying to prove themselves at the NHL level. Guys trying to show that they're back. Guys trying to show that they're capable of being there and wanting to make the most of an opportunity and, you know, being too young to understand the gravity of the situation. I understand all of those factors when we look at this overall for the Sharks, but that urgency was there. And last night, that urgency did not feel like it was there. It was a little bit of a reminder of last year. It's like where you take an early lead and then there was a little bit of a letdown and then the team that, you know, you had jumped on comes roaring back and you don't have much of an answer. You're up one nothing. period ends, you're down 2-1. Second period, in my opinion, was the worst period of the year that the Sharks have played up to this point. And, you know, that's, I can't say that I was that surprised by the outcome. I, don't, I mean, I don't know. I keep on coming back to this. I'm really on two minds of last night when I look at it because I had an expectation that the Sharks were going to be tired and rusty and without condition. But I, I wanted 
I wanted to be wrong. I'll put it that way. I wanted them to jump out and come back and be the team that everybody kind of wanted them to be and that we saw at times in the early parts of the season. I mean, that's one of the things that I really look at with the San Jose Sharks in the early goings of this year is that when they were winning, they were putting out really clean performances and they were putting out really, really good and really, really high quality games that you weren't seeing previously. Now, when you combined that cleanliness and that conservative nature and you had younger guys coming in who are maybe not as high skill level, but are willing to put forth the effort, it led to a very entertaining brand of hockey, A and B, and it led to a, in my opinion, a feeling of this team isn't going to quit. This team isn't going to you know roll over. This team isn't going to have the same problems that we saw last year. Last night reminded me a bit too much of last year. And I, again, there are many mitigating circumstances. I don't want to get away from that or act like I am ignoring everything that this team tried to do and everything that this team was capable of doing because I think that I think that we still look at the Sharks as a team of potential, and that's going to be until they prove us wrong. We see the potential with this team to go very, very positively, and we see the potential, based on recent history, for things to go negatively. And the overwhelming feeling up to this point of the season, even in light of all the adversity, has been one of positivity, has been one that you feel good about the Sharks when they take the ice, And as you got deeper and deeper into that game last night, you didn't feel good. And, you know, you had players returning who looked, you know, close to invisible. And again, that was part of what you expected. It's just you hoped you were wrong about what these guys would be in their return. Now, additionally, there is my one game overreaction to what I saw last night. That was one game, again, after guys had been out for a while, coming back from COVID, at elevation against a very good team. And anytime guys are out, it's going to cause some rust. When you have that many guys coming back at once, it's not like it's just one guy's rust. It's not like it's just two guys' rust. When you combine all that rust together, it's almost logarithmic or exponential that the rustiness or the lack of, you know, everyone gelling with each other kind of becomes an issue and it becomes a bigger problem than it otherwise would be for just one guy coming back or even two guys coming back. Last night, they just never really looked like they were all on the same page. They never really looked like they were all cohesive. It never really looked like the chemistry was entirely there. And you heard Eric Carlson before the game. And Eric Carlson, whether you love him or you hate him, he has a very good mind for the game. And he said he was treating it like his first game back because he hasn't played for so long. And to me, that was a pretty valid take. And that kind of showed me like, okay, he's treating this like it's not just stepping back out onto the ice and everything's going to be the same. And while that was refreshing to hear that he was having that acknowledgement, it was also like, I bet if he's having that thought, then that means it's going to be a pretty chunky, clunky game for the Sharks. It's not going to be smooth. It's not going to be pretty. It's not going to be anything but potentially ugly. The real question was, could they eke out an ugly win? And unfortunately, no, they were not able to do so against a good Colorado team on the road at elevation. And we keep on talking about the challenges coming for the Sharks and my whole idea for the Sharks with this COVID and getting guys back into the swing of things has been to keep their heads above water. Seven, six, and one on the year. Well, guess what? Life doesn't get any easier. On Tuesday, you take on the Wild. They're 10, four, and oh on the year. On Thursday, you take on the Blues, eight, three, and two on the year. Then you come on Saturday and you host the Capitals and Alex Ovechkin doing his march up history. And then on Monday, you're going to have the Hurricanes. They're 11-2-0. Then on Wednesday, you're going to have the Senators, and that's your first real bit of a team that you think you have an automatic win against 
Friday against the Maple Leafs. That's going to be another tough challenge. And then you're back out on the road on the 28th in Chicago taking on the Blackhawks. So, you know, this is quite a test for the Sharks. And there's only two games that I immediately identify as saying those are the teams you should beat. Those are the teams that I view at as two points, bar none, get it done. But keeping your head above water is easier said than done, especially you don't want things to start to kind of barrel out of control. You don't want to start seeing these losses pile up. And I credit the Sharks to a great deal. It's like they won four in a row, then they lost in Boston, they lost in Nashville, come back home, you have the loss against Montreal, okay, that was unfortunate, but you bounced back with a great win against Winnipeg. And then you had another win right after that, and then you're able to get some overtime losses, and you're able to get another win, and it, it felt good. You know, it felt good to be at that point of the season where you were able to look and say like, okay, we've been able to weather it up to this point, and losing on Thursday night to Winnipeg, okay, it's hard to beat a team three times in a year, and you also had beaten them two times at home. You're the first time playing them on the road. You've also got a team that's starting to get a little bit gassed maybe with having to play with such a fervor. It's acceptable. I'm not saying I loved it, but it was acceptable up to that point. But now your main guys are back, and you're pretty short to run out of excuses. Like Now that these guys are here with the team, they need to all be contributing at the same level that they were before they went out pretty darn quickly. Because like I said, the schedule doesn't get any easier. I think it will be very, very telling what happens over this next stretch of games. The end or the final two games of this roadie. And then when you get back home and you have some tough opposition at the tank. I mean, how the Sharks come through this could go a long way in dictating how the season goes. Because while I do think it's been a very nice start, it's been in the back of everybody's mind that you need to see what this team does in response to adversity. We've heard Bob Bugner hammer that home over the entirety of his time as the head coach of, the, of this team. The response to adversity. In the 2019-2020 season, before they were shut down prematurely, they did have a tough time responding to adversity. Last year, 56-game season, tough time responding to adversity. But to be fair, it was all that that team faced last year was adversity. They were put in unique situations that no other team in the NHL had to deal with. And it was very, very unfortunate that they had to. However, they didn't have a great pushback. So this year, in the midst of their greatest adversity, while they are trying to find themselves once again after having a nice start to the year, have COVID come in and interrupt everything, how they respond from this point out over the, the rest of this road trip and when they come back home, it's going to be very, very telling in terms of what happens over the course of the year because things can spiral out of control. And I got, you know, last year, the Sharks, I gave them a lot of credit for keeping their heads right above water or staying right above the 500 line and keeping themselves within shouting distance to the final playoff spot. However, we can all see it's going to take more than that. We can all see that it's going to take more this year because well, with an 82-game schedule and things being closer to normal, there's more chance for you to fall out of it. You know, if last year's an 82-game season, I don't know how much more you really want to see of that Sharks teams last year because it could have gotten worse. But this year, with an 82-game schedule, you've got to respond. And again, I give great credit to the Sharks and what they've been able to do up to this point of the season. However, what happens next is most defining for this team. If they can keep their head above water, or even if they can prove that this was a one-off and really bounce back into form, then we can kind of all rest easy a little bit. If they can put together a couple wins against good teams on the road, you'll feel good. If they walk out of this 9-6-1 after the road trip before they head home, everybody's cool. Everybody's not panicking. Not that anybody's panicking now, but 
You're only one game above 500, seven wins, six losses, one overtime loss. And if you're just doing wins and losses, you are at 500, but you've been able to garner 15 points up to this point. Nobody's going to be unhappy with that. But in the big picture, grand scheme, 30,000 foot view, this is a defining stretch for the shark season where I think we will learn a lot about how the season is going to go. Again, the start's been great. The response to COVID has been great. But now it's gut check time. Now you've got players back. You're entering a very, very tough stretch of your schedule. And you're going to have to see what exactly you can put out there on the ice. Game in, game out. Is Carlson going to be the Eric Carlson that we saw flashes of at the start of this year? Is Timo Meyer going to be the dominant force that we saw at the start of the year? Is Kevin LeBanc going to be the guy who was bombing from the circles that we saw at the start of the year? The uh, Is Mark Edward Vlasic going to recapture his game? Is Redeem Shimek going to look like everything we thought he was capable of before he had the knee injury? These are big-time questions now. I and mean, For a lot of these guys, there is a lot of pressure because they saw that the future, that their potential replacement isn't too far off. I'm not saying any of those guys that came up from the AHL are equal to what the Sharks have in, in their existing players. That's a bad argument. However, I do think a lot of us saw that the future is not that far off, that these guys were able to come up and able to handle their duties and able to help the Sharks post more wins than they did losses over that stretch when the entirety of the season got interrupted. And I think that that should be in the back of the mind of all these players, A, because it puts some pressure on them and shows there's competition for spots, and B, you got to give those guys a reward. You got to show that it was not just for nothing, that they came up and they kept the team alive, and then now you're going to reward them by saying, hey, you got us to this point. We're going to put in the effort it takes to get us that much closer to the playoffs. We did this with your help. I think those guys deserve that type of a response from these Sharks now that they're back in the lineup. So again, I'm of two minds when I look back at everything last night. There is the relative disappointment because you lost. And then there is also the fact that you hoped it would be better. You hoped that these guys would slide back into the lineup and they were going to get two points and they were going to be, everything was going to be fine and dandy, right? And, you know, that's life. It doesn't go that easily sometimes, but now reality hits. The guys are back. They've got big games ahead of them. How quickly can they recapture the form that we saw before the COVID outbreak? All right, we're going to take a break. On the other side, we're going to get into some of the post-game sound and reaction. You're on Morning Tide. That to-do list you have needs one more thing. Chill. It's an easy thing to do. Just crack open an ice-cold Coors Light and chill. Take the afternoon off and binge watch anything. Go to happy hour and stay for a couple hours. Who's counting anyways? Or hang out with just your dog because you've had enough human interaction this week. Whatever you do, do it with a Coors Light. Mountain cold refreshment made to chill. 2020 Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Celebrate responsibly. Welcome back to Morning Tide. Brought to you by Coors Light. Good job by Ferraro. Another chance. Burakovsky. Another block by Balsers. Balsers back to his feet. Has to drop his stick because he broke it. Colorado keeps it in. Girard winds up and shoots. It's blocked. And then they score. Oh. That was so unfortunate for Rudolph's Balsers. If he didn't break his stick, he would get that puck to get it out. But then Ranton had set up Burakovsky. The other shot was blocked there. That was Balsers. He's hit his own guy. And then Burakovsky fed it back, and the shot hit his own player, and Andre Burakovsky finished it off. Oh, no, for sure. You know, we want to always try score, I think. 
not this game, but last couple of games, you know, especially me and Rudy, we have way too many chances and we have to put some in and and we always kind of get like bad luck was one face of they score against and and after, you know, just you, you want to help the team, you know, the best you can and and you always try because, you know, that's my line is about score goals, you know, and, and I think we we have to score just more, you know, and, and for sure it's we need everybody to step it up, you know, because we we just we are a team, you know, with twenty guys, and we not we are not team one line. So, so you know, it just today was good, wasn't good enough. You can always count on Tomas Hurdle for some unadulterated honesty, and even if it's always going to be charming as heck, he pretty much tells it as it is. And yeah, he acknowledges the team was not as good as they needed to be, and they need to take more advantage of their opportunities. I think that the Sharks have not been able to get the breaks as of late, especially when it comes to the penalties and getting some calls going their way. Now, I'm not saying they weren't at fault in a lot of the penalties that they were called for, especially there was one interference on Middleton where I was like, God, that's a bad penalty to take in that situation, in my in my opinion. But I have also felt in the past couple of games that there were some calls that did not go the Sharks' way. And there were some calls that I felt should have been made. And the Sharks could have had more power play opportunities. But whatever it's going to be, whether or not you get those calls, you have to bury pucks. You have to put things in the back of the net. And you can't be turning the puck over like that. I mean, the puck management last night was a big problem for the Sharks. And I think that, to their credit, that was something they did over that course of six games without their regular players that was pretty good. They were pretty clean. And again, it was a little bit more conservative, but maybe that same mentality has to be adopted by the team right now, that while they are getting their groove back, that they can't try and make the fancy plays. I mean, I remember there's one play where Timo Meyer went to a behind-the-back pass, I believe, trying to find Couture, and it was kind of like, well, I mean, I get that's not a bad decision in this instance. However, what do you think the odds are of that pass working? What do you think the odds are of that being the play that's going to connect to a goal right now. I mean, I understand you appreciate the creativity and you appreciate things trying to happen, but at the same time, it's like, is it better not to just simplify the game and try and go for a higher percentage play there? And I know that you're dealing with a situation where you're trying to get your team back into the game and you're trying to make something happen and you're trying not to be offside and all these things. All these things are relatively valid. However, I also think that you need to make sure you're putting yourself in a position to succeed. And I felt that too many times last night, the Sharks were not putting themselves in a team-wide position to succeed. And that's something that needs to be taken care of as they get deeper and deeper into this season, especially now that they've got their guys back. Well, you, you know, you would like to see, you know, have a little spike when, you when uh, you know, you get some veterans back in the lineup. And, you know, I thought that, uh, you know, those guys all played okay for the first few shifts. But as the game went on, you could tell that they were, uh, um, you know, fatigue set in. Um, but, uh, um, you know, we can't dwell on it. No, we're going to we're gonna look at this tomorrow and we're going to, uh, you know, um, the things that I don't like in the game, uh, no one likes to lose, but I think, uh, um, you know, there's things that we did in the loss that are just uncharacteristic, not part of identity, terrible changes tonight. Um, and for me, you know, changing on the way back when you know it's an outnumbered rush is just, uh, those are things that can't seep into your game. Um, you know, just trying to force plays at the wrong time, things like that. We'll get that all straightened out and, you know, have a good practice on Monday, get some rest tomorrow, practice on Monday and, and, and get ready for Minnesota. Yeah, I think having today, Sunday, as a rest day is a big, big opportunity for the Sharks just to kind of get right, just to get guys kind of relaxing and have them have that opportunity where they can just kind of chill, get back into the flow of being part of the team, get back into the flow of things. This has not been normal in the slightest. And that's something 
that I try to take into consideration. What the Sharks have gone through, they haven't gone through it before. They were able to avoid the COVID outbreaks last year. It's very much to their credit that they were not dealing with this at all last year. However, this is a reality now that they're going to have to refine their game, that they're going to have to refine themselves as they are in a very, very tough stretch of games and they are trying to get themselves all back on the same page. And I think you saw the team getting away from their identity a little bit in the game against Winnipeg, which was something Bob Bugner was asked about after last night's loss. And how does he combat this from it becoming an overall trend? Yeah, I think a little of that set in against uh, Winnipeg in the second half of the game there. I think, uh, um, you know, we got to understand with these with these games here against these teams, these guys scored, whatever, six or seven the other night against Vancouver. Um you, you have to stick to uh, the the road uh, the road uh, uh, game plan and uh, uh, and that's being tight and that's not giving the other team any freebies uh, that's managing the puck well that's good sh- uh, you know shift changes um, all those things and uh, um, you know that's what we got to get back to I think uh, playing a smarter hockey game um, right now I think we're uh, um, you know we're forcing plays that don't need to be forced at the wrong times and uh, um, and that's got to get corrected and we'll correct that but uh, um, yeah we got to get back a little more to our identity and it can't be just for 10 15 minutes at a time with I think we have to, uh, you know, I've said it before, it's uh, um, we have to grind out wins. And uh, um, to grind out wins, you have to play, uh, um, you got to play the majority of your way to your identity. And I think for the Sharks, where they are right now, their identity has to be clean, simple, relatively conservative. That means you can take risks, but don't take risks that are going to put you immediately in a negative position. And I think that's something that we've seen in the last couple of games from the Sharks where there's been a little bit of that tendency to go for the home run as opposed to the singles and doubles as Bob Bugner likes to reference so consistently. But he he references it consistently because it makes sense. Because everyone can see when you're taking a high-risk, high-reward moment versus a lower-risk but more sure thing. You connect one, two, and three passes that might do more for your game than just going for the one big pass or going for the one big move. Whatever it's going to be, a simplified approach for the San Jose Sharks right now is one that I think is going to be the most successful. That's not to say that you cannot notch things up in terms of the risk, in terms of the difficulty, if that's what the game is calling for at the moment, but that can't get you away from your identity. It's got to be the right play at the right time, potentially because you see it, not because you're forcing it, Not because you need to be perfect to make something happen, because an opportunity opens itself. If Eric Carlson has that opportunity to go for a home run pass because it's there, go for it by all means. Same thing for Brent Burns. However, if you're just trying to force something on a, you know, hope and a prayer to try and get a puck up the ice and put a guy in position, don't do that. It's better to have the puck possession. It's better to dictate the pace of the game and not immediately get back on your heels defending. Timo Meyer was back last night after the layoff. What did he think? Yeah, it's uh, it's nice to be back. Obviously, after that tough time, um, you know, I think we started off well and uh, took a lot of penalties, and then uh, you know, it just kind of takes away the momentum. Uh, you know, it's it's pretty exhausting if you're playing on the PK that much, and then uh, you know, I think overall we just didn't work enough, and uh, we're playing sloppy, so that's what cost us this game and made it, you know, an easy night for them. And that's one that I really paid attention to, the idea of not making it easy for the opposition. And I think that that's, again, a very simple take, but I think there is a lot of truth to that. If the Sharks are going to be in games, especially against these very, very high-powered teams like Colorado, you can't make it easy on them. You've got to make them grind and work for every single goal. You've got to make nothing easy because if the Sharks do that, I think they can play the type of game 
that will allow them to capitalize on another team's mistakes because those those teams that are high-flying like that, when the game doesn't just immediately come to them, when there is more difficulty in doing to what they want to do and ha- and forcing their will on the opposition, I think that puts them into a state of frustration, just like we've seen with the Sharks. And if you can put those teams in places of frustration, you'll have a better chance to succeed. And I think that's why Bob Bugner spoke to the thin margin of error against a team like Colorado. Unfortunately, it wasn't thin for the Sharks. They, they got away from their game, and like Timo said, they made it easy. Absolutely. It's a fine line. And, uh, um, you know, sometimes we, we, we try to stress, you know, an even shift's a good shift, especially against, uh, um, you know, the Landeskog line or, you know, Kadri's line for any of that, any of those lines for that matter. You got to know who you're playing against and you got to know how to, uh, um, you know, have an even shift, which is a good shift sometimes. And, uh, um, you know, it, it, right now it looks like we're trying to, 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 to win every shift and force things. And, uh, um, you know, that can't happen. But, uh, um you know, even at 4-2, we got back. We had six, seven minutes to go. My plan was to pull the goalie and, and try and get it to at least 4-3. And then, you know, all of a sudden, uh, they get that fifth goal. Um, so, you know, the goalie pull at the end of that was just more more for practice. And uh, obviously, we didn't get enough possession. It was the back of our net quick. But, uh, um, yeah, it's just it's unfortunate that, uh, you know, we couldn't find a, a way to even that game up and get back to our game because we did play well in the first 10 minutes. Just uh, couldn't sustain it. Yeah, we all saw the spark at the beginning of that game. Unfortunately, it was extinguished rather quickly. And for the Sharks, they've got to have another hot start when they come out against Minnesota on Tuesday night, but they've got to let it smolder. And I hate to be using these flame references so heavily, but it's true. You know, you got to let it build into something. That fire, if it's burning intensely, it's got a chance to burn itself out. The Sharks have to fan those flames against Minnesota and let it grow into something bigger. All right, that wraps it up for this edition of Morning Tide. I will see you all on Wednesday morning. For the San Jose Sharks, I'm Ted Ramey signing off. You've been listening to the San Jose Sharks Morning Tide, brought to you by Coors Light on the Sharks Audio Network. Here come the Sharks down the right side. No score, first period. Couture puts on the brakes in the corner, put it off the stick, now takes it back, fires. He scores! Logan Couture, after his pass back to the point, got foiled by an avalanche stick, received the puck right back, and he one-timed it from the right wing half boards, went up shelf, opposite side, 